You're listening to the New Song Students Podcast. I'm Jackson, and I'm the student pastor at New Song Church, located in Oklahoma City. We hope this message builds your faith and helps you to know God better in a greater way today. Enjoy the message. Cannot wait, but are y'all ready to close out this series? I'm ready. I'm so excited. As you can see, we have got a couch up here. We don't normally have a couch up here. We also don't normally have chairs up here, but we've been shaking things up during this series. Have you guys been enjoying this series on testimonies? It has been incredible. We've heard so many good messages. Pastor Eman, Hannah, Garris. I mean, every single week has been absolute fire. It's grown my faith. And I'm really excited for tonight because we've got some of your fellow students coming up here to to share about the goodness of God in their life. So without further ado, can you guys make some noise for your students over here? We got Avery. We got Gus. Come on, make some noise. Hey. Oh, man. We got some awesome students up here. I want to mention before we go anywhere else, this could have been anybody in the room. For real. Like, any of you could be on this couch because we've got some incredible students and New Song students. And so here's what I'm going to warn you with tonight. I'm going to, ask, I'm going to be asking these guys three questions. I've already asked them. They've got great answers that I can't wait for you to hear. But... We are also going to be asking you guys these three questions in small group tonight, okay? So as you're hearing them, I want you to be thinking about how God has moved in your life because we're not just asking them to share. In small group, I want to hear your stories. Amen? Amen. 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 So joining with me tonight, we've got some awesome students. We've got Avery. Make some noise for Avery. We've got, we got Kaysen, my boy Kaysen. We've got the one and only Sophia. We, we do have another Sophia, and she's just as incredible. We love you. And we've got Gus. Yes. Yes. Okay. So um, we've got an incredible night in store. I can't wait to hear from you guys. You guys ready? It's going to be amazing. Kaysen's ready. He's ready to go. Somebody give that boy a mic. Okay. But before we get into it, let's pray. Let's invite God in to do what only he can do. And if you want to extend your hands to the students up here, that would be awesome. Father God, I thank you so much for this family that you are cultivating, God. Only you are doing this, God. It's all about you. We thank you so much for this series and the real life stories that we're hearing that are revealing to us the real Jesus that is in play in our lives. And I thank you so much for every week and the faith that that you have deposited in our hearts through these stories. And I pray for the same tonight, Lord. I pray that as our students share about how you're growing them in their faith, I pray that faith would begin to rise in every single student's heart and every single leader's heart. And right now, I just lift up the students that are joining me here tonight. I pray that you would give them the words to say. I thank you for the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. And we thank you that there is an entire room here rooting them on in their corner, lifting them up in prayer. We believe that you're going to do something tonight. We're excited about it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, okay. Um, Everybody's dying to know. 
before we get into this, what's your favorite cereal, Avery? Cocoa Pebbles. Cocoa Pebbles. Okay. Anybody like Cocoa Pebbles? That's some good chocolate milk at the end. All right, let's pass the mic to Kaysen. Kaysen, favorite cereal. Everybody's dying to know. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. That is a top-tier cereal. Okay. All right. I'm really sorry, but Raisin Brand. <laughs> where, where am I, Raisin? Anybody, anybody eat Raisin Bran? Ryan eats it. All right, Gus. Um, this cereal, like, I don't feel like a lot of people know it, but they need to. Uh, Cinnamon Life. It is so good, bro. Cinnamon it's Life. the best, like, bottom-of-the-bag cereal. Like, yes. you pour it in. And then the leftovers, when you put it in, it's so good, bro. It's so my, easily the best. My wife, likes, my wife likes Cinnamon Cinnamon Life. So good. Cinnamon Life is like the professional adult version of Cinnamon Toast Crunch. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay, y'all ready to get into this? We don't have time to do too many icebreakers. but So we've been in a series on Come and See, and um, what I love, and I love in the bumper, it says, Real People about our real Jesus, real stories. And um, I think all of us can agree that like most of us grew up in church. Most of us grew up in Edmond, Oklahoma or the South. And like we grew up going to church from our parents every single week. And Jesus was always a real thing to us mentally. But uh, there's, a, there's a moment in everybody's life, um, hopefully, when Jesus goes from being real mentally, like the idea of Jesus, to Jesus becomes real to you personally. Um, And obviously, many times that becomes our salvation story. When Jesus became real to us, it's when when we gave our life to him and and we realized, oh, church is something bigger than just going to church and my parents making me go. But there's a faith involved. There's a relationship. So uh, our first question for the students tonight that we will be asking you guys in small groups, so get ready for this, is... When did Jesus become real to you? When did Jesus become real to you? Avery, you want to kick us off? Yeah. So I was someone who grew up in church. Um, both my parents served in kids' ministry. I basically grew up with my mom teaching me every Sunday, and I always knew Jesus was real. I just always thought he was some invisible guy who was somehow next to me but next to everyone else in the world at the same time. Um, I never... Even though I knew he was real, I just never thought of him as someone to lean on or someone to turn to when I was, like, sad or scared or just angry, especially not someone to turn to every day. And um, we ended up moving to Oklahoma from Louisiana, and we came to New Song Church, and just there was never an exact moment that Jesus became real to me. It was just, like, through Pastor Jackson and Pastor Josh and Pastor Sarah, I realized that it couldn't be my parents' faith anymore. It had to be my own. So good. And my parents did their job of telling me who Jesus was and why I needed him. But now it was my turn to grow my own relationship with him. So it was kind of just like an overtime thing. I love that. I love that. That's so good. And, and God used the move and getting you guys planted in a church and coming to students when it was real tiny. You remember that? I love that. That's awesome. So good. Kaysen? When did Jesus become real to you? Okay, so like Avery, always been real, like most of y'all, probably always been real to me. But I like to think of it like this, is that my best friend, he's real to me, but he lives far away. 
So I don't get to see him very often, but when I text him or call him, he's real. But when I get to see him and make time with him, he's like really real. And so uh, the beginning of last year, or beginning, end of last year, I remember God telling me that 2022 was gonna be like this big year for me. And so come along 2022, the first few months wasn't really anything except the fast and uh, the bring, being transformed journals. Uh, during that, I did like, sorry, I did like <laughs> the being transformed journal and I did the 30 day shred. And both of those like helped me get my knowledge of the word like really, really deep. Yeah. Hey, then, wait, before you continue, can you tell everybody what the 30 day shred is? Because it's crazy that you did that. Oh, it's you read the whole Bible in 30 days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to explain Kaysen it. Kaysen did that. Uh, it was a grind and I hated it, but. <laughs> Wait, no, you loved it. Yeah, I loved it. <laughs> Afterwards. I'm just... <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, so anyway, I did that. And then life goes on. And then there's NOLA. And uh, right before NOLA, I remember getting another word from God. He likes to talk. And um, uh, I remember him saying, like, my, so my dream in life was to be a programmer. That was my dream since I was like 12. And I've been working and working and working and working towards that. But the Wednesday, I remember this. It's the only day I remember. But on NOLA, before NOLA, I remember God saying, what if I called you away from programming and then to ministry? And for me, it was like, mm. <laughs> you know? So I think... After I got that out to like my parents and then other people, it started to become much more real. And now I've completely like dropped my own dream and I've picked up God's like plan for my life. And so after doing that, it's like I've just been like wrapped up by him and just like I'm just going to carry you through. So that's love that, dude. Love that. So good. So for you, Jesus became real when he asked you to lay something down to surrender something. That's awesome. That's a good story. All right, Sophia, let's hear it. Okay, so for me, it was a vision, actually. Um, I grew up in the church, and I always believed that God was real. However, during middle school and as I started growing up, it, it was almost like a doubt if God was real, if like this big creator that created everything in the universe was actually real and that he loved me and that he was my father. Um, so I started having doubts about that, you know, and so then after, um, I was like 13 or so, my dog, Diego, he passed away and it was, while he was like a family dog and I've always been around animals that have passed away, um, for some reason it was different and I was really sad about it. And so a few days, maybe even a month later, I really don't know, but I had this vision that I was in heaven with Diego and I saw him and he was running across the field and there I just felt God's presence and I felt his overwhelming peace and joy and still I can't even explain how incredible that was. Like it wasn't happiness, like the only definition I could say for it was absolute joy and peace. So after I felt those feelings and saw that and saw that God's presence is what I should be chasing after for the rest of my life and that there was no doubt in my mind that God was real or not. Come on. But what I love about that one is um, 
it reminds me of what we say every week here at New Song. We say, if it matters to you, it matters to God. And even though, you know, some, some people might say, come on, it's a dog. It mattered. And God met her right where she was and showed himself and made himself real to her. How cool is that? All right, Gus, let's hear it, dude. For me, like first getting to know God, it was kind of like a calling. So I had always grown up in church. Um, really? Yeah. <laughs> um, like I kind of like how Avery said, you know, she knew God, but I didn't really know him as someone to lean to and stuff. Like I knew that I could, but I never really chose to. Like, I'd gone through Boomtown and everything, and I got to this point where, like, I knew all the lessons, and so I thought, okay, I'm right with God, and I don't really care anymore. So I just slowly stopped, like, just kind of caring and leaning into his word and worshiping, and that just led to me. I went into the school year. It was my sixth grade year, and I became really obsessed with popularity. And I was willing to, like, compromise to, like, be around the kids who I knew were not the best. Like, I would just say, you know, what they do won't affect me, but I'll, I can still be popular and whatever and still love Jesus. But I didn't really care about that. And so I ended up starting youth the next year. And I didn't really lean in at all. I still kind of just cared about being popular at youth. Um, just kind of worshiping and saying stuff just because I thought, well, I'm a pastor's kid. I don't want, like, people to think bad about my parents or whatever. So it never really was my own faith. It was just me, like, trying to, like, show that, you know, I'm a pastor's kid. Like, I, don't, I just didn't want people to think bad about me. And we went to a camp. We heard about it. I was so excited to get to go. And then, I mean, we're there for, like, 10 minutes, I bet. And you're, and you're talking about camp last year, right? With New yeah, students? Yeah, last year, student cool. camp. And we're there for, I swear, like 10 minutes. And there's this hammock set up. And, like, I was messing around with my friends. And I, we were going to jump over it. And I cleaned, like, I got over it the first time. And then the second time when I went to jump over it, I didn't get it. <laughs> it <laughs> caught, clipped it, his foot. It caught my shoe. And I just saw the world just flash and then my hands just hit the ground and it hurt so bad like I was hiding the pain everyone's laughing at me and like I didn't want to be the kid who got sent home because he broke dude he broke his I'm hands gonna, on a hammock the second so. that happened I got so scared because this was my first time taking a student ministry to camp and then the pastor's kid breaks his arm almost the first five minutes I was like no but we we went into like a worship session that night and we were all worshiping and I'm just playing like, God, please heal my hands. Please heal my hands. You know, I want to get to have fun at camp. He didn't. And it kind of, I was just sitting there angry. Like, I was just like, why didn't he heal my hands? That's stupid. You know, it's youth camp, whatever. And uh, <laughs> like, I honestly, that's how my heart was. Like, I was just so mad that I didn't get to play basketball and stuff. But um, the message was about ready to die and how we need to like die to ourselves, you know, and put God first. And then he calls for prayer. He says, whoever's ready to die to themselves and put God first, come up for prayer. And I was not going to go up. Like no one else in students had gone up yet. So I was like, all right, I don't have to get up. And then everyone gets up and I was like, all right, so I guess I have to get up then. And so I got up and I don't really remember who was praying for me. 
but someone was praying for me and I just felt like this powerful like presence and it was just like this voice saying like follow me and I can't just like really describe what it was it was just like God tugging at my heart and um we went into like just our bunk and that night I was just kind of when everything settled down those words were just on my heart and then the next day I'm still you know really hurt not really happy about anything and then we're doing another like night worship and I just decided like from what I've seen from my mom and dad and from other people and from what I've heard from God is that just to start praising him. And so that's what I did. I just started like praying and, you know, worshiping. And like, that's when like, I just felt the presence of God with me and just something different. And the message was about masks and how we'll put on masks as Christians where we're one way here and we're one way there. And it felt like God was talking to me. And so that day I chose to just turn around and start living for God again. Come on, so that's bro. How Come on. I got to know him. It's powerful. It's powerful, dude. I love that. Go to camp. Somebody say, go to camp. Go to camp. <laughs> camp is important. Okay, our next question. Um, so we have been defining in this series what a testimony is. Sometimes we think a testimony is just this crazy story about a drug dealer meeting Jesus, right? which it is that, <laughs> but a testimony is any story about the goodness of God, yeah. right? Any story about the goodness of God. That's how we've been defining it. So um, I want to hear a story about the goodness of God in y'all's life outside of salvation. Avery, you want to kick us off? Okay, yeah. So if any of you didn't know, I'm a competitive gymnast, but before I did gymnastics, I did cheerleading, and I just remember one day I was tumbling and I had so much power and I did not know how to control it. Like, I couldn't stop. So I went up in the air, didn't flip, and came right back down on my head. And in that moment, I just got a fear of back tumbling. Like, I developed this fear of back tumbling. I wouldn't go backwards anymore. So I transitioned into gymnastics thinking it would, like, I would gain some control and technique. But during that period of time, I just had a lot of coaches who just did not believe in me and who were constantly speaking bad things over me. And then I would get some coaches who were nice, and they thought they could fix me, and they would end up getting mad and frustrated, and they would start doing the same exact things. Wow. Well, we, I went to a gym, came to a gym in Oklahoma, and as soon as I started there, I just decided I was going to give up on back tumbling. Like, I accepted everything that they were saying about me, and I accepted the fact that I just couldn't do it. So I went into my level eight season. Uh, everything was going good. I was winning first at almost every meet, won first at our state championships with going all frontwards. Everything was going great. And then I had to get a knee surgery because the doctors couldn't figure out what was wrong with it. And my coach, I guess, just didn't like that and started being very rude and ugly towards me. And she told one of my friends that they were gonna go in, find nothing, and it was all gonna be for nothing. And after my knee surgery, like when I had just gotten off of crutches and I was starting to walk again, she was having me try to sprint and like I couldn't. And she would just have a sprint around the floor and she, we had to do 15 sprinting wraps along the floor. And 
I would jump out of the line because I couldn't sprint. And she would just make us do it over and over again until I would do it. And then one day she told me I had to hang from my knees on the bar and do sit-ups. Obviously, I couldn't do that. So I was standing there. I was telling her I can't do it. I start crying because she's trying to make me do it. And she crosses her arms, look at, looks at me, and was like, I can do this all day. I will stand here. We will all in the gym, everyone in the gym will stand here until you do it. And one of my friends had came up to me and was asking me if I was okay and was trying to see what we could do to help me do it. And my coach had yelled at her and told her to get away from me because I was just being a brat and being stubborn and I didn't care. And just from all of that, she was constantly calling me disrespectful, constantly saying like, I didn't care, I wasn't trying, constantly telling me that I was ignoring her because I wouldn't do these things. And I was just in a very like dark mindset. Like I started believing those things that past coaches had said about me again. And we had went to camp, and every single service, God kept telling me to let it go. And I already wanted to quit, so I was like, okay, I get to quit gymnastics, yay. <laughs> um, so we get back, I sit my parents down, I was like, okay. Yes, I said, you have to sit here and listen to me, because I knew they weren't gonna like it. So I was like, you have to sit here and listen to me, and then you can speak like when I'm done. <laughs> tell them, tell them. <laughs> and... <laughs> I was, yeah, I know. <laughs> they were, I was like, okay, all camp, they were, God was telling me to let it go, so I'm quitting gymnastics, and I have to obey God over everything else, so I'm not going to practice tomorrow. That's a good excuse right there. And they were like, um, no. <laughs> go get your stuff out for gym in the morning. And I was like, what, did you not hear me? I can't. Like, I have to listen to God. I can't go. And they were like, go get in the bed, you have 9 a.m. practice the next tomorrow. I was like, great, okay. So I went to practice the next day and I got in the car after practice and my mom was like, I'm sorry for the way we responded to you last night, but I woke up at three o'clock in the morning and God was just telling me that he's not telling you to let go of the sport, he's telling you to let go of the fear and the stress and the anxiety that you're carrying on with the sport for the past seven years. He, and in, in that moment, I knew that she was right because God was saying, like, I have the perfect place for you. I have the perfect coaches and teammates for you, but I can't take you there until you let it go because if I take you there now when you're still dealing with all this, the same things are going to happen over again. So you have to let it go because your fear, your fear is not your identity. So stop pretending like it is. So as soon as you let, you let it go, I will bring you to this place. And in that moment, I decided to let it go. I still had to go to my gym, the gym that I was at, for a couple more months. But even though the coaches were yelling at me and just didn't care about me anymore, I had a different mindset about it. So I wasn't terrified to respond to my coach when she would yell at me. And I was able to respond, like, in a calm way. Like, everything was just better. Even though that wasn't better, I was better. And I ended up moving gyms. And as soon as I walked into the doors, like all of the coaches and the teammates ran at me. They were like, they were so excited. They were like, we've heard about you. We're so excited you're here. They were just so nice and negative. I mean, well, <laughs> nice and positive. 
there we go. And I, because of my knee surgery, I was out the whole summer, and that's usually when you learn your skills for the next season. And I had one month before our first meet, and I ended up being the only level nine at our gym to compete all events at the first competition. I just finished my level nine season, and this coming up season, I will be competing level 10, which is the highest level in gymnastics. Um, and actually, this week, I started working on some back skills on beam. Actually, yesterday, I did a back handspring, back handspring on the beam for the first time in five years. So, yeah. That's so good. Praise God. Come on. He cares about what you guys do. You know that, right? All right, Kason. Story of the goodness of God. Let's go. Yeah, I'm in gymnastics too. Um, uh, no, um, uh, that was so good. Uh, so for me, it's it was this year as well. Um, it was for Nola again. If y'all don't know what that stands for, it's New Orleans. I, I had to learn that. I was like, where's NOLA? It was a but mission trip. It's you in went on. Louisiana. Yes. Just so you know. So um, uh, I was fundraising, and I'm a lazy fundraiser. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's really sad. So um, my mom's like trying to, she's trying to motivate me and, you know, get me to fundraise. And finally, one night we do it. And that night, we made like, I want to say, $400 towards NOLA, and I mean, that's crazy already, and I think, I don't know when the post went out, it might have been like 6 or 7 o'clock at night, but anyway, the next morning, I wake up, take my shower, and I go to do my, like, being transformed journal, and uh, um, my, I remember my mom, she was like checking her phone, and she saw that someone had donated the rest of the money for NOLA. It was less than 24 hours and I was completely funded. It was how much was that? It was insane. And so after that, I was like, <laughs> I was like, how much was that? In one in one night. Do you know how much was? How much was NOLA? It was that much. So, so 1400 in one night. It was somewhere around. You know, That's crazy. My math is bad. So <laughs> programmers. I made some money one night and more money the next day. So <laughs> <laughs> um, so after that, you know, it's like, it's like, what do I do? Do I cry? Do I praise God? Do I, you know, it's a flood of emotions. So after that, uh, at NOLA, I just, I'm just a multiple couple of things that I give of God's goodness. Um, at NOLA, I got my first like, like, like prophetic vision from God, which was insane. Like, you know, like if you read like the book of Isaiah, and he's like, he has a vision of like these ring angel thingies and they're like taking coals and like touching his mouth and whatever. And, and he's like getting some word from it. It's no, that's like what happens. It's crazy. And uh, um, yeah, the Bible's true. <laughs> and um, just one last thing of God's goodness. Uh, now coming on to like Mexico and I have another mission trip. I remember... Uh, Ashley calling me and she was like, do you want to do the, the, like the creative side of it? You know, like, that's what I like to do. I like to do creative, creative things. And so that was amazing. Cause like, I'm going to be the 
the first person to do that for Mexico, for this church, and the first person to do that for the other church I'm doing that other mission trip with. So it's like, it's like everything that I like aspired to when I was 12 to now, it's like, it's, God didn't just drop that. He's like, he said, lay this down. Then he's let me pick this up. And then he's now taking this and like merging them together. That's good. And, (laughs) and so, yeah, that's it. So good. So good. All right, Sophia. Very nice. Okay. So, um, what was I going to say? Goodness of God, story of the goodness of God. That's what you were going to say. Yes, that it was. Okay, so my story, it's almost little things, you know. Jesus isn't walking on water every day of my life. That'd be cool, but no. Um, But my story kind of began um, last year. I was involved in prepared public speaking. So I basically give a speech to a few judges, and they judge me on what I did, you know. So um, one Wednesday before we started youth, I asked Jackson and Molly to help me um, and listen to my speech to see how I'm doing, kind of judge me and tell me how I'm doing. So um, we we go into the room. I say my speech, doing great. Um, I finish, and I just tell Jackson and Molly, I'm like, I am really having a hard time. Like, I, I don't know what I should say. Like, I just need to ask God for his spirit to come on me and that I can be able to speak and do what he, and say what he wants me to say. So Jackson told me a story, which is in Acts 4, and it's about Peter and John and how they are preaching to a large crowd. And um, there's a bunch of Sadducees that are within the crowd and these Sadducees are completely against the gospel of Jesus Christ. So Peter and John are preaching and they heal a lame man. And afterwards, the Sadducees come together and they're like, hey, we got to kick these guys out of here. So they start threatening Peter and John and their preachings. And so Peter and John begin to pray and they're still preaching to the crowd and they're praying in the spirit. And um, while they're praying, they start speaking in boldness of God's word and they were praying in the Holy Spirit and the entire room was filled with the Holy Spirit because of that. And they started speaking in boldness of the word of God. So afterwards, um, after Jackson told me that story, he was just like, just breathe in the Holy Spirit and let him accept you, you know. So I'm like, okay, great, sounds good. I'll I'll do it in the speech room, you know. So later that night, we're here worshiping, and all of a sudden, I'm kind of praying to God, and I receive my prayer language. So just in the middle of worship. Yeah. Yeah. Just in the middle of worship. Like I, I'm a normal kid, you know, and, um, I, I start praying in tongues and guys, it's incredible. It, you, you just feel the presence of God and it's, it's unstoppable, you know? So come on. It, it was, it was just really cool. Cause all I did, I just breathed it in and I started praying with boldness in the Holy spirit. Amen. So. Come on. <laughs> All right, Gus, story of the goodness of God. Okay, so after, you know, all the stuff with camp, I remember coming home and, like, I just felt like this kind of change in me and this desire to, like, I'm going to make a change. And, like, I just loved my new kind of, like, living for God life. Like, I just started to, like, lean into the word more. I felt like I was, like, getting like, more out of it than I was. I was, like, having better relationships with, like, my family and my sisters. And I was also um, just being able to, like, worship 
like kind of have it be my own faith into where I was kind of like, I'm done just doing this because I'm a pastor's kid. Like I want to be a disciple and I want to have a relationship with God. And so I started doing that in that summer, um, the seventh grade, going into seventh grade summer, I got like really into basketball. Like I just had this goal set. I was like, I'm going to make seventh grade varsity. And so, I mean, I started working. I was playing like just all day, like every single day of the week, I just go out there and I'd practice, practice, practice. And I, I was getting really good and I was doing well. Um, I'd been like really improving and I was like, this is going to be awesome. I think I can do it. And this just freak like accident happens. And I can't even really describe how it happened or what really happened. But I messed up my knee really bad. Terrible pain. Like, I can barely walk around at one point with just how my knee is. And, like, I just didn't really know what to do because tryouts were two weeks away. And we had to go to, like, physical therapy if I wanted to be able to try out. And so we go to physical therapy and... Like, I'm still barely able to get up the stairs, but I was like, I want to still try out. Like, I think I can do it. Like, I think I can push through. And, like, when I get on the court to run, they're like, Jesus is going to heal my leg and I'll be fine. <laughs> and that doesn't always happen. Um, <laughs> yeah, I kind of learned that the hard way twice. Um, but uh, so I see the list, and my name is not on JV or varsity, and I am angry and sad at the same time in the next day is youth and I'm like mom like please don't make me go let can I have one more week and then I can tell everybody you know I didn't make it because I was just so embarrassed because like I didn't want to be the kid who was like well I was hurt I couldn't do anything so I was just so embarrassed about it and um, my mom was like, no, you're going. You're going to go to youth. Because <laughs> I just, right. I, I, probably because, too, I was kind of moping around the house. Just like, get out. Like, <laughs> go go to youth. And <laughs> But um, no, I'm so glad she made me go because, like, you know, worship started. The mosh pit. I, I love the mosh pit always. But I wasn't doing it because I was just sad, hurt, like, and... I just remember this song they started playing. It was called, like, Firm Foundation. And it goes, like, the start of it goes, Christ is my firm foundation, the rock in which I stand. And I heard that, and I was just, like, just kind of felt that presence again, like I did at camp. And I just started to do that thing. I just started to worship again. So, and then I just felt God saying, like, your foundation was not put in me. It was put in basketball. And, like, I've got plans for you, but that might not be basketball. So you're going to have to set your foundation in me. And, I mean, I still play basketball. I love it. But God just kind of taught me to just be able to accept that, you know, he's got a plan and it's better than what I have. So that's kind of. Amen, bro. Amen. Y'all having fun? This is fun. Okay. Last question, then we're going to wrap this thing up in a nice bow. And I don't want to forget it, so I'm going to look at Oh, that's what it is. Okay. Uh, I love asking this question to, like, guys when I get coffee with them, or sometimes I try to get lunches or breakfast with my students. And I love asking this question because uh, it was asked to me once, 
And this is a great question to ask yourself just like every two months because it reminds you that God is still needing to teach you something. Here's what the question is. What is God teaching me right now? What is God teaching me right now? And so I want to ask you guys that. What, what is God teaching you in this season, last couple months, last year? What do you feel like he's been teaching you? Um, right now, I really feel like God is teaching me just to everything they do, do it to the best of my ability, especially right now in gymnastics. Um, we went to blocks this past blocks conference the night that Pastor Sarah was speaking. She said she had us ask ourselves the question, how would Jesus live the life I've been given through the time, place, family, neighbors, talents, and opportunities that are mine? Wow. And that really stuck out to me because it's like God has brought me through so much in this sport, like truly just a lot. And I haven't done it to the best of my ability. Like the least I can do is do it to my best ability for him. Amen. And like I've gone to gym, messed around, not wanted to be there, just didn't really care sometimes. It's like, again, the least I can do is do it for him. And so since then, every time I've done a skill or a routine, I'll sit there like right before I do it and I'll ask myself, how would Jesus do this? Because even though he would do it perfect, obviously, and I, I physically can't be perfect, I can try just as hard as he would try. And just everything that I've done, I'll ask myself that. And it's really, even with fear, it's helped me because it's like, God wouldn't be scared to do this. That's so good. And I'm still working on that like in other aspects of my life, like school and stuff, but right now... He's really teaching me that through Amen. my sport. I love that. That's so good. And you know, what I love about that too is like we think worship is just a song, but that's worship. You doing gymnastics to the best of your ability is worship to God, right? So good. Okay. Kaysen. Okay. I just want to say like one thing, because this is something I learned this year the hard way, in my opinion. Um, after like dropping, not like dropping, my parents have a great faith. After, after like taking that out of my life and like trying to pick up my own faith, I hit the ground running to Google. That was a mistake. Don't, don't, don't go Googling all your questions and finding YouTube videos and like scrolling through comment sections. It's a toxic place and you're gonna have every answer you can possibly think of. So go to the Bible first. Amen. I just wanna say Amen. that. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Go to the Word. Um, now, uh, so what I'm going to talk about is just, just going to be a story of like what happened yesterday. So tomorrow I have an AP test in my physics class. And so, oh, you do? Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, uh, what? Oh, yeah, my birthday. But um, <laughs> uh, yesterday my friends were like, we're going to go to Summer Moon at 6 and study for the test. And I was like, sweet. I like Summer Moon. And so... Like nothing, I drive there, I get coffee, we study for a couple of hours. Not really study, we didn't learn anything. Um, uh, and so we're all, getting, we're all going to leave, and I get in my car, and I go to start it, you know, and put the keys in, you know, the whole normal thing. I go to start it, and then everything just starts flashing, and like the dials are all, and I'm like, what? So I... Wasn't sure what to do in that moment. So I called my mom. And I was like, Mom, the car won't start. I don't know what it is. Anyway, I thought it was a spark plug, guys. It's not the spark plug. (laughs) 
that's in each cylinder to make it go boom. So, <laughs> um, um, so uh, luckily my dad was on his way home, and so he comes over, and he helps get the car jump started. Shows me how to use like jumper cables and whatever, which is so easy. I didn't realize it was that simple. And then we get it started, and there's like an auto zone, like maybe 10 minutes from Summer Moon. And so we pull out, and we're at a stoplight. And uh, I was like, I'm listening to the radio because I like music. And all the electronics just like shut off. And I'm like, uh, you know. So I called my dad, and I was like, um, everything just turned off again. Luckily, the engine was still running. I made sure. And I was able to just get driving again. Like, it was like dead, dead, the battery. And so as long as we just kept moving, I probably would have been fine. And I was fine. And so we made it to AutoZone. We went inside, bought a battery, we went to the car, took out the battery. And, or you showed me how to take out the battery and how to put the new one in, connect it and everything, which was great. And the whole, the whole like, moral of the story that I got was... <laughs> Was that? Um, Is God teaching you how to replace a battery in your car? <laughs> yeah. See, God's just been showing me about cars lately, and <laughs> um, uh, no, it's it's. I just I had trusted my dad. That was it. That was that was it. I was just I put all my trust into him. Like I wasn't expecting him to just be like, you know, not to show up. Like if he did, that would have been weird, Dad, and um, or if. He'd like, he showed me how to do these things, and he helped me get to the place I needed to get and then replace what I needed to replace. Oof, and so preach, I think what bro. God's been showing me this year is that he's trying to just guide you, and all you have to do is just trust in him. And it puts that like childlike faith into yeah. such a good perspective because I, I never really, like when people say childlike faith, I'm like, what do you mean? Like just believe everything you hear? <laughs> but... After, after just like just believing that my dad would follow through with what he said he would do, Amen, bro. Then everything would be fine, and it was. And so the same is for God. And um, I remember this verse, and I didn't memorize it. I just kind of like drilled it into my brain right before this, so it makes you look holy, you know. And um, <laughs> I love the transparency. <laughs> it's 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 Matthew it's Matthew seven eleven, and it's talking about how if if my parents, if they are evil and they give good gifts, like how much more can God give? And if, and if my dad had followed through that much, like how much more can God follow Amen, through bro. with Amen. my life? Amen. So that's what he's been teaching me. I want to invite the band to come up as we get ready to close. Uh, and then Sophia, yeah, go for it. What's God been teaching you? Yeah, so um, earlier this year and last year, I did the 30-day shred just like Kaysen did. I know, yeah. Um, so during that time, God was showing me lots of stuff through Moses, through Jesus, through Peter, John, whoever. Um, but one thing that I noticed for sure was that Jesus and Moses were one of the most humble men of the entire Bible. And it was so cool that they were so humble. And whenever you look into this world, it's so greedy almost. And we need to find our confidence in the world, in the things that we accomplish and the things that we do. But it was nothing like that for them. Um, so after reading the Bible and looking at it in a view, um, I saw that 
I want to be humble just like Moses and Jesus because God did the most with Moses and Jesus than almost anyone else in the Bible. So I'm trying to figure out how to be humble with God and how to give my confidence and give my all to Him and cast all my cares on Him, which has been pretty hard, but that's one thing that I'm working on. Amen. Love that. Love that. Love that. All right, Gus, take us home. Take Um, us home. I honestly feel like God is teaching me something like starting kind of this month, and that is like relationship, not a religion. So one of the things that, I mean, uh, yeah, I said that right. Um, uh, So one of the things I do every morning is I get ready for school, and I usually take about like 20 or 15 minutes to read my Bible, and it kind of has become a thing where like I'm just checking a box, I'm saying, I read it this morning, and then I do my being transformed journal at night, and that's kind of my main thing, but like recently I've noticed like I have like been in like a growth spurt, and I've just grown so much that I'm just tired a lot, and like I've been doing so much stuff at school and at home that like I'm just tired and I've been giving my best to like school and basketball. Like I give all my energy there and then I get home and I'm just like not able to be like who I'm supposed to be. Like, and so me and my dad were just talking about it and he was like, when you're reading your Bible, are you reading it like just kind of going through it or are you like trying to just prepare for your day? Cause you know, like when I read it, you're getting filled up with God for your day because you've got like just a lot of stuff that you got to go through like as a Christian you have a lot of dying to do to yourself and your needs and like that's sometimes hard and it well it's hard all the time but um that's just something that like I'm working on is reading my Bible so that I can just have joy always and on, just be dude. filled with like the fruit of the spirit for the day yes. not just for school not just for basketball but for my like my family too and for other stuff so just kind of working on like just giving my best yes. to people and yes. so that's kind of what amen. i think that god's been teaching me amen bro come on hey can we make some noise for these new song students Thank you guys. You guys are amazing. I want to dismiss you guys. Make some noise for them. Come on. That was incredible. Wasn't this a good series, guys? Man, such a good series. I'm so encouraged. And I love you guys so much. And I I want to invite us to take a second to respond to this whole series. So I want to invite my leaders to come up. I want to invite you guys to stand up. We're going to get ready to close.